What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Crits Outside Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shimanoff. As well, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, future Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. UC Vegas 74 going down this Saturday from the Apex. The Ultimate Fighter Episode 1 aired last night. As well as a bunch of news before we get into that, a quick uh, shout-out to two sponsors of the show, Rogue Energy and Elixir. Rogue Energy, fantastic sponsor of the show, have been for a long time to keep me fueled up, keep me going throughout my day, whether I'm going to the gym, working at home, or just about anything. Rogue Energy gets me through, and they can get you through with code SOUNDOFF for 10% off at checkout. On the opposite end of things, Elixir.com, they're going to get you really high. Delta 8, 9, 10, HHG products. They have gels, joints, gummies. They got it all. You can get it all. The code sound off for 10% off. Uh, good sponsors of the show. Both very different. Uh, pretty much polar opposites, but you can enjoy them both with code sound off for 10% off. Angel, obviously no action to recap. However, we do have to talk about UC Vegas 74 going down this Saturday night from the Apex. Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Angel flyweights in the main event. Kai Car, France, Amir Albazi. You know, it's kind of a hot take. I, this may be a hot take. I, actually, I don't know if it is or not. Um, I'd be totally down for way more flyweight main events if that means that guys like Yorzina Rosa Strike are not headlining anymore. Angel, are you on the same page? <laughs> You're muted, by the way. No, thank you for telling me that. Because I, I started going hard. <laughs> just yeah, I knew you were going hard in the paint. You were just, just screaming behind the screaming behind the mic, which just turned off. <laughs> <laughs> just screaming in my house. Everybody's no one is listening. <laughs> is it, not even you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but uh, to get into it, of course, man. I think they deserve it. I, you know, the last time we had a flyweight main event, Josh, was in 2017. Do you have Do you have any idea who that was by any chance? Uh, Brandon Moreno, Sergio Pettis in Mexico. Yes, it's been that long, finally, <laughs> after all this time. Did you think you were going to get my autistic ass, bro? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, man, you know, I had to try, Josh. I had to try, you know. But after all this time, Josh, we've had flyweight main events. Let, let me let me correct that. But here's our first non-title fight flyweight men event since that one. But good fight nevertheless, though. Like I, I get it, man. I get why it's been a while. But these, honestly, though, we do deserve more flyweight five-round fights, man, uh, or five-round fights, I mean, I meant to say. Uh, I think this is a perfect one to kick it off, man, after such a long time. we got two guys here, Kai Kawa fans, established flyweight, been around a long time, very young, still, I think, 29. Uh, obviously, comes out of the city kickboxing gym. We know his capabilities. We know his stand-up ability. Last time out against Askar Askarov, the Russian who... Who found out had some medical issues and has put his career on hold. Did not officially retire, but at least retired from the UFC in the meantime. Uh, a lot of success, man. Stopped a lot of takedowns. And we've seen that Amir Balsi has a, a good jiu-jitsu game, a crafty ground game, obviously coming out of the extreme couture gym. Uh, we know what those has been able to do in that department. And uh, Amir Balsi's getting the test, man. I, I think no other kind of uh, not, name before this as far as in, in the flightweight division. So he's just, this is his first shot. Obviously, he's fought good guys like Malcolm Gordon in his debut. Sick triangle finishes. Alagazza Magula, which is the, was the performance that got me on. That was on a Poirier-McGregor card. The, what is it? The, the second one. And ever since then, two other finishes followed by that in Francisco Ferreira and uh, Alessandra Costa finished late in the third. Uh, there's been a lot of talk this week, man. I mean, Emil Bazzi 
kind of, you know, how good is he, you know, and also like people saying, uh, that I think at least I fall in this category being like, I don't think people know how good he really is. Uh, a lot of reference to the Shorty Torres fight that he lost, uh, outside of the UFC. People saying that's a blueprint. Look, man, I, I think that was a different Amir Bazi. He was young. He's still growing. He's 25 years of age. He's 29 now, going on 30 here soon, or might be already 30. Uh, I might have actually got other ages reversed for fucking Kai Car and Amir Bazi, but they're around that age. Nevertheless, though, that's not what matters. Uh, look, I, I, I've seen Amir Bazi. I think he's improved a lot. I've seen his, his striking's got a lot better. I feel like he's more comfortable. And he's ever been before. His takedowns are looking great. His, uh, his scrambles are looking great. His submissions are dynamic. Uh, not to say Kai can't do that as well. I think Kai has, uh, you know, he's willing to grab a leg. He's willing to go for a leg lock. You know, he's willing to do this stuff. And, uh, I'm just curious. Can he, can he now also stop the takedowns of Amir Bazi? And was Askar Askar's performance due to his health? Or was it just that Kai Carl was just that good at stopping them? And look, we've seen it in the past that he stopped a lot of takedowns. But I just didn't think he was going to do it against Askar Askarov, and I wonder if he's going to be able to replicate that once again against Amir Abazi. Mm-hmm. I hear you, man. I hear you. I think this is a fight that's very intriguing, like, for the reasons you laid out. Kai Carr, France, man, like you mentioned, coming off that loss to Brandon Moreno. For me, this really – I don't want to say it's uh, – I mean, for Kai Carr, France, chance to rebound, obviously. You know, even before that loss to Moreno, we had three big wins, including a win over Cody Garbrandt. For really, for me, this is the Amir Albazi show. I want to see how good this kid really is. Um, obviously, we know a lot about his background. We know a lot about his previous wins. Came into the UFC 2020, rattled off four wins in a row. First main of his career. Obviously, you mentioned, uh, or I don't know if you mentioned during the whole uh, little preview you just did, but we talked about it off-air. Lost to Jose Shorty Torres, who, uh, if you know Jose Shorty Torres, Bad motherfucker. No shame in losing to him, especially earlier in his career. Um, look, man, I, uh, I've gone back and forth on this main event all week. I know that for your sake, you're hoping for an Amir Albazi win, so I'm gonna go ahead and, <laughs> I'm gonna roll with him, Angel. I actually think he's, I think he's the real deal, man. Uh, who are you rolling with in this, in this five main event? If you know? I'm, a, I'm, I'm a Bazi all the way, man. That's what I thought. Yeah. Just, just want to go and make sure. I mean, I know that you have some incentive for, uh, for him to win. <laughs> could you imagine if I just switched up on that? Like that? I mean, it's a tough fight, man. Anything could happen. Um, uh, definitely, uh, I feel like there, you know, this is actually a great point I've actually wanted to bring up to you. Has there, how many times have you ever gone into, and excluding Amanda Nunes, <laughs> how many times have you gone into a fight and been 100% sure someone's going to win? I mean, rarely. And, and I mean, like you can feel pretty confident. I mean, I can tell you, I can, I can, I can tell you the most recent one was Il Horpeteria versus Carlos Olberg. I remember telling you on the show, I was like, dude, this kid's gonna get fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't get me wrong. What are the, you know, one of my main wins that I've had for the longest time, and it was months in advance when the fight, before, like around the time the fight got announced, was Dom Rares here for Jacques. I was like, oh fuck, it's over. I have never been so confident that someone was gonna lose a fight. I think I could have actually bet my house on that fight. That's how common it was. And it would have worked out. <laughs> I hear you, dude. That, well, that's, that's like I mentioned, that's what happened with Il Hopeteri and Carlos Olberg. I, I was willing to bet the house, dude. You know? like <laughs> It was just something uh, I was curious about. Because, yeah. look, you can be confident in a pick. You can be sure someone has a very high chance of winning. But, like, 100% sure, bro? That's a different level. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, in terms of this fight, I'm not I'm – not, confident at all um i like Car- kai car i mean actually i'll take that back i'm a little bit i'm a little bit confident i think amir al is the real deal 
I don't think Kaikara isn't, but I think he's found his role, whether intentionally or unintentionally, in this division as a bit of a, a top five gatekeeper. Which there's worse places to be in your career. I mean, he fought for the title, he's faced some high level names, but you see when he steps up against guys like Brandon Moreno, Brandon Roy Val, takes he takes a step back, you know? Um so I think Amir Albaz is gonna go out and get a big win on Saturday. I'm expecting to go ahead and uh, prevail. However, Coleman event, another banger. You know, like this card it's an apex card. I mean, let's let's be honest. We know how the UFC schedule works at this point. They have one big pay-per-view a month, and they basically have three shit-tier apex cards where we really only care about one or two fights. However, I will say this main card, prelims lacking, but the main card is solid. And in that co-main event spot, dude, you got Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres, who in his mid-30s and his early 30s has, he's coming on. You know, he's putting one last run together. I mean, you're talking about six wins in his last seven appearances in the Octagon, one loss to Sadiq Yusuf in there. No shame in that. Taking on Daniel Pineda, 37 years old, a vet. I mean, you're talking about a dude who's been around since the Elite XC days of the game. Um, and similar to our boy Bruce, Bruce Leroy, he's coming on right now. You know, he can't, he had some success in the PFL, granted. It's still it's not on his record anymore. Uh, Daniel P.E.D. Pineda. Uh, <laughs> he puts the P.E.D. in Pineda. <laughs> Daniel Pineda. Anyways. Uh, yeah, but he came, the, he came to the UC in 2020. He's got a couple of good wins since then. What do you think of this Cobain event, man? Um, I think this one's going to be a banger. I think it's going to be a banger, too, man. Tough fight to call for sure. Uh, fuck, dude, how do, how, how do I go into this one? I mean, Daniel Pineda, man, all 28 of his wins are finishes. I don't know if you knew this. I did not know that, actually. Every single one of his wins that he has in his professional career, all 28 are finishes. I believe I heard this somewhere. I I could be, if I'm incorrect, I'm going to sound really dumb right now, but I'm pretty sure we could even fact check it if you want. All 28 wins are finishes. Uh, And look, for Asterius, he's he's gotten dropped a fair bit throughout his career. Uh, It's been a while since he's gotten finished. I believe the last one was Crone. Just submission before that. The other one was like in 2017. So, Daniel has got his work cut out for him. Maybe he wants to get Axis out of there. Uh, Pineda in the past has had some troubles if the fight does go a little longer. Uh, but we saw in his last fight that in the second round, he didn't fade, uh, if at all. So, maybe some changes there. Maybe he's kind of figured some stuff out. Uh, obviously we, we mentioned some, uh, other factors that, uh, affected his career in PFL that might have been contributing to some, maybe some tiredness, but, Obviously, he got counteracted by some other benefits. Uh, look, man, I, I've been Alex Caceres all week. I was Alex Caceres last week. I'm going to stay Alex Caceres this week, baby. Let's get it. Yeah, man. Um, I got to admit, you know, I uh, I was going back and forth on the main event a little bit. I'm just as equally conflicted on this Cohen event, man. I think Daniel Pineda... Man, I don't know if he's coming or he's going, man. I really don't know sometimes. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and roll with Caceres, too. I think Bruce Leroy, he's on a great winning streak right now. I think if Daniel Pineda, sh- if the Daniel Pineda shows up that, you know, the one from the PFL, the guy, the guy that, you know, dominated Tucker Lutz last time out, the guy that knocked out Herbert Burns in his uh, return to the UFC back in 2020. If that guy shows up, I think, you know, he could he could definitely defeat Bruce Leroy. I just think, like, man, he's a guy that I don't know if it's because of age or it's wear and tear. It's just, like, sometimes he'll show up and he'll just not be there, man. I mean, the Cubs wants to knock out loss. 
Remember when we fought Andre Feely? Andre Feely was looking like Roy Jones out there in his prime <laughs> in the first round. And then he accidentally eye poked him. And Danny Pineda was like, bro, get me the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was so excited for that fight. It was looking like to be a banger, man. And it just. Yeah, you remember it too. Dude, Andre Feely, like, leveled up that night. And, uh, I don't know if, but then after looking at his performances, I'm like, nah, man, Danny Pineda just didn't show up that night, you know? It's kind of sad, though. They never ran that one back, and I felt like they should have. I, I understand why they didn't, because I don't feel like there was any real answering questions. Like, obviously, it was just one round, but Andre Feely was. Still though, I, I thought mean, it was. It, just, still just, looked, it looked like a great fight, anyways, dude. Like maybe, I mean, maybe it'll happen. By the way, I did, I did do, I pulled it up. All twenty-eight, I was correct. All twenty-eight of Daniel Pineda's professional career wins are via finish. Every time he's seen his scorecard in his professional career, he's lost six submission losses out of his fourteen and three TKO losses. So there's that. Bam. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I just had to wait and see how long it would take if I didn't say anything. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, I think that coming event's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, finish probably coming in that one, man. As far as the rest of the card goes, uh, there's definitely some fun fights here. Uh, I, I will admit, I'm a little bit, okay, so this fight I'm excited for, right? But why is, why is Jared Gordon fighting a month after getting put out cold by Bobby Green? <laughs> He want to get in there, man. He's just like, fuck it, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I want to get one in, and they give him Jim Miller. You know? Yeah, I mean, and I'm pretty sure this is a short notice fight. Yeah, like, he was. It was supposed to be Jim Miller versus Luvok Klein. Yeah, so he's coming in on short notice to help out to, and like I said, it is Jim Miller. No disrespect to Jim Miller. Jim Miller is still capable of beating very good guys and giving good performances. So. I'm, I don't got like a crazy issue, but I, I know what you mean after getting, you know, how that Fizz Lies fight ended. It definitely doesn't seem like the best idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the thought process, especially from Jared Gordon. I mean, you got knocked out last time. It was a controversial fight. Obviously, it wasn't a loss. He's got overturned or no contest, but um, I'm more saying like the Nevada State Athletic Commission, like, he's <laughs> just... They gave no fucks on this one, huh? I mean, hey, yo, I mean, Nick Diaz can't smoke weed, but yo, power, power slap, baby, you know, <laughs> fucking that's fine here, you know, <laughs> Jared Gordon just got massacred a month ago, put out cold, but fuck it, we'll bring him in, you know, <laughs> I don't know, man, um, I mean, as far as the fight itself, I hope that Jared, I'm sure Jared Gordon probably be fine. But it, I mean, and I know it may seem like some people may think I'm overreacting here, but this is how people die in combat sports, you know? Like, it's, it's not the, it all, for all the, for all the visuals of like blood and stuff and like broken legs and broken arms and stuff, the real times when people die in combat sports, it's like they get knocked out once or twice in training in the span of a month and then they go and they fight in the cage and they go get knocked out again. Like, post-concussion syndrome and not letting your brain heal, that's how people die, so. I'm sure Jared Gordon will be fine, but it is disappointing that he's still fighting. We, we've never had anybody, though, die in the UFC after fighting. Correct. Him, so. Never fighting. In, that's never been the case. That is correct. I think we've never had. Nobody's died in the UFC. Granted, there's been MMA deaths. There's been a lot of boxing deaths. But the UFC's been very fortunate that for the 30 years that they've been around, they've not had anybody die in the cage. And look, it doesn't sound terrible to say, but one day, and hopefully never, and hopefully not this week, it will rarely happen. There'll be one. Mm-hmm probably be one we hope not right we hope to god you know god forbid right but you never 
You never know. I mean, that's that's one of the things when it comes to any sort of combat, man. That is that is one one thing you could potentially sign up for is uh, having a shorter lifespan. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's. Let's move on, man. It's got morbid real fast. Uh, <laughs> hey, Josh, like, this got sad, man. <laughs> Angel, have I told you about... <laughs> she starts talking about some real sad shit. This is He's just sad like, way hours you know, you, you know what? You would have been better if you just would be like... If you just threw an ad in there, like, let's talk about some rogue energy. <laughs> Sponsor Drake of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, Angel. Just, we're going from talking about dudes dying in a cage and to all of a sudden... Elixir.com is their number one <laughs> Delta 8 site. Angel, whenever I get high, I choose Delta. Like, it's just... And then, and then it gets followed up by our own version of fucking Friday. <laughs> like, whenever Dana hit his wife and then five days later, he was doing fucking Friday. <laughs> um, it's exactly like that, dude. Good. <laughs> and, but anyways, dude, in terms of the rest of the card, I'm obviously Jim Miller, Jerry Gordon should be a banger. Tim Elliott coming back, and we always got to shout out, shout out Tim Elliott, dude. I mean, Kansas City's own, you know, um, been in the game for a long time. And we also, I really hope Tim Elliott gets a win. Like, above all else, I really I really hope he beats Victor Alter, Victor Alteramino on Saturday night. I mean, Tim Elliott, dude, this poor guy, over the last, like, year... He had his coach go away because maybe he was fixing fights. We still don't know the, the status of James, of James the Gambler Krause. We still don't know the status of him, you know. Um, and then his wife, uh, USC veteran Gina, what, what, what's, what's that bitch's Mazzani. name? Mazzani. Gina Mazzani. I don't want to give her the decency of saying her actual name. Cheated on our boy Tim Elliott with his friend Kevin Kroon. Who also fought in the UFC. I mean, if you want to talk about a bad year, dude, Tim Elliott had his coach, might be going to prison. His wife cheated on him with his friend and teammate in the UFC. So for that reason, dude, Tim Elliott needs to win bad on Saturday. I hope he goes out there and beats the shit out of Victor Altermino, dude. By the way, what are so, like, Glory as a whole doesn't exist anymore now, right? Uh, they, they, they've rebranded, they're not by right? They're not owned by James Cross. I'll say that much. I don't know for sure. They might have changed their name. I actually don't know, man. I saw one of the gyms, uh, kind of a. I'm not gonna give all the streets and all that. I don't know why. I mean, it's public information. Well, down Metcalf, Josh. Fuck it. There's a they had a Glory gym down Metcalf all the way down. Yeah, another one. And I, yeah. and I and I saw that it wasn't named Glory when it was named it's something named else. Ignite. Yeah. So did they completely sell all the gyms and re rebranded Ignite, or is that? Just I believe so. I believe so. I know James Cross had to sell his FAC promotion. Um, as well as, his, I mean, dude, he must be fucked. I mean, I, I mean, I think they must have him dead rights, dude. If he's selling everything he owns, because mm-hmm. it is, I mean, because the whole, I mean, the thing is, is like, he, uh, obviously they were, they banned him from covering, uh, UFC, like cornering guys of UFC, but that, he, he wasn't banned for Bellator and he was only banned in Nevada too, uh, from cornering. So things must yeah. have been really bad for him to just completely straight up leave the business entirely. Yeah, that's true. And delete all his social media, his YouTube, his Discord, and pretty much everything. Well, actually, did he do the Instagram? I think he just completely, I don't know if he completely stopped posting or one of the two, but I, I'm pretty sure he deleted it. I could be wrong. So I wonder who's going to be in James Cross's corner. I wonder if he, I wonder if it'll be a new gym or if it'll be a 
the people from the gym just know James Krause? I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I, I should actually probably do some digging on that, actually. Because I know, I mean, dude, Lori was coming on, man. I really thought. I mean, I thought Kansas City was better. Because we've always had Invicta, you know, and Glory's been around, but they were starting to really come on, you know. I thought, I, I, honestly, I thought Kansas City's about to become like a hotbed for MMA, dude. Like, we were with, peaking. With, with Krause's promotion and with Glory, and then obviously Invicta, and they came here in April. I mean, yeah, man. And then all that gone and snap. Just depressing. Um,. But yeah, man. I mean, I hope Tim Elliott gets a win on Saturday. That was the original point of the conversation. But I, I really, I hope good things for that for that dude, man. I mean, just mm-hmm. fucked up, just fucked up. But you know. Anyways, rest of the card, dude. I mean, Aku Barner Magomedov versus Ilzu Seleski Dos Santos. That's banger. gonna be a banger. <laughs> Absolute banger, dude. Banger, banger, banger. For sure, man. For sure. I mean, looking at the rest of the card, we gotta. I mean, we gotta shout him out every single time he fights. Andre Arlovsky, dude. I mean, I every single time that I see Andre Arlovsky fighting, I'm still like, damn, like still, like it's just. just, just <laughs> I mean, he's he's gonna be 45 next year, Angel. He's gonna be 45 next year, and the craziest part is, is that he still won like what seven of his last nine fights, five of his last six. Future champion. <laughs> Future. I mean, he keeps on saying that he wants. He's still trying to make one last run. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know it's, if he genuinely believes it. It's, it's it's crazy that if he beats Tom Aspinall, his run would have been Felipe Lance, Tana Bozer, Tom Aspinall, Chase Sherman, Carlos Felipe, Jared Vander, Chica. Granted, not not all those guys in there. Not the greatest, but that would have been a sick. I mean, it's still a sick run regardless. Like, it's typical as fuck. It, yeah, I mean, it, dude. Hey, Andre Lossi. You know, I know that they, he he's got a weird place in the UFC right now, right? Like Arlovsky, like obviously we talk, we love to give him props for like beating some of these guys, but like he's fighting pretty much the lowest level of heavyweight competition they have to offer. Now, granted, he's winning, <laughs> and he's fighting on these apex cards. I just like I, I have so many questions. Like he's he he's not fought at a non apex card. Like, dude, look at his record. Okay. The only time he's fought with a he's fought with a crowd one time in the last four years. <laughs> hey man, it is what it is. Imagine I know, but it's just, it's just so they'd be weird. fucked. They'd be it's, fucked if he fought in a crowd. It's just weird. Do you think that's it? Do you think maybe it's just Arlovsky's choice? He's like, dude, I'm like 45. I don't. I, By the I, way, fuck the fans. <laughs> this will be his career 50th heavyweight bout. Listen, in the UFC. Damn. Pretty sure. Yep. So, that's that's typical, man. Or not, or not 50th, 39th. My bad, 39th. I was, I think I was looking like overall fights, but regardless, still, still, still big. Like I think, I think this would be number 40 or whatever. It's a lot. It's a lot of fights, man. Like as a heavyweight too, in an MMA, like 40 professional fights, strictly within the UFC. Like that is that is something. I mean, that's a fucking apology. I mean, that will never be broken. Yeah. 40 professional fights. I have never been broken. And with a I, sick early career run, by the way. Yeah, I mean, he's a, uh, you know, Arlovsky's a guy that, he's a weird place, man. He's simultaneously like a fucking, he's a pioneer, but he's still fighting and beating guys in the modern era. 
He's a former champion, but I don't know where I'd place him in the, the all-time rankings just because he's fought for so long and he's fought everybody. Like, you know, if there's one thing that we can definitely say about Andre Arlovsky, there's no unanswered questions, you know? like <laughs> Right. Not even, we're not sitting around thinking, like, damn, if only Arlovsky would have fought this guy, you know? like All right. Well, maybe in his, maybe in his prime years. Dude, but. dude, look at his record. Is there a single guy you can think of that Andre Arlovsky, like, I mean, you can run it. So he fought the guys in the OG, the he, Pioneer. Josh, era. you know, you know, someone out there is like, but did he fight Francis? <laughs> he did. Like, oh yeah. Oh wait, what the fuck? You're yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm just, you're proving my point, dog. Andre Arlovsky's fought every single relevant heavyweight to ever exist in MMA. Pretty oh, much. Wait, pretty- that was. I fuck. This was the fucking Jorge card. I fucking completely forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, dude, think about it. He's fighting these. Uh, he's even fighting guys in the modern era that are not relevant. But he's fought. I mean, he fought Tom Aspinall. He fought Yarzino Rosenstrike, Augusto Sakai, Ben Rothwell, Walt Harris, Shamil, Taito Ivasa, Stefan Struve, and Ganu, Josh Barnett, uh, uh, Alistair Overeem, Stipe, Frank Mir, Travis Brown, Bigfoot Silva. He even fought acclaimed comedian Brendan Schaub. Uh, <laughs> wow yeah great guy never met him uh he fought anthony johnson you know tim sylvium like four times <laughs> fedor roy nelson like, andre orlowski's fought basically every single person to ever exist in mma <laughs> so shout out him dude i mean a true og and he's back again fuck yeah you know he might not be all-time great heavyweight but he's definitely one of the all-time best heavyweights right for my money, I think Andre Arlovski's the code, if you ask me. <laughs> right. He's up there, though. Just not even straight-up heavyweight. Just the, You know, I wonder if Fedor's last fight would have been Andre, how it would have gone. Oh, I think I think, I think Fedor probably beats Andre right now. <laughs> right now. Fedor comes off the couch right now. <laughs> and, you know, they actually, Dante Mays actually is a lizard person, and he morphs out of his skin <laughs> into Fedor, into the cage. Let's, genu- it, it, let's genuinely break this down. Do you think Dante Mace is going to beat Andre? No. I don't think so either. No. No. Just, just, just going to be the, just going to break that news. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Regardless, though, let's move on to a pair of names that I completely forgot existed in the UFC at one point and were supposed to fight last year. And I'm surprised they remade this fight. Maxime Christian, Felipe Lynch, Josh. Uh, I got a two of five banger, pair of old dogs here. Fuck, dude. Do you do you ever do you still remember these guys being on the roster? Like, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I forgot that. Wait, say their names. Maxime Grishin and Felipe Linz. Yeah. Well, what I can say about this fight, so the Ultimate Fighter episode one. Look, dude, I, look, Angel, here's the problem, right? We did not, I wanted to talk about, like, the state of the UFC, kind of, I mean, roughly, we, we kind of did last week when we talked about, like, fighter pain stuff, but, like, I'm just going to be real with you, dog, and I know this is the case for, like, a lot of other people. Um, for a lot of these Apex cards, I just, I mean, I'll watch them, and I'll cover them, and I'll talk about them on the show, but there are some fights that even the fighters on these cards have to know that they're filler. You know what I mean? Like, they have to, like, do you think, Felipe Lins and Maxine Grisham. And I mean no offense to these guys. These guys have both had good wins. They both have solid careers, especially if they made to the UFC. But do you genuinely think that either one of them, do you, do you, do you think that they, that they think that people care about this fight? And I'm not trying to be mean. Dude, their families care. I'm, dude, I don't, I think if you lined up, I'm not even joking, I think if you lined up 100 people in a room and you asked them, and they're MMA fans, 
let me be clear here. I think if you lined up 100 MMA fans in one room, Angel, and you, they asked, are you, are you excited for Felipe Lenz versus Maxine Grisham? I think about half of them would ask who they are. <laughs> another 25 would ask, when did they fight? And another 25 would go, oh, there's a UFC card this weekend? Because <laughs> nobody gives a fuck about these Apex cards, dog. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, no offense to these guys. I forgot Felipe Lins was on the roster. <laughs> That's what I was telling you, man. Like, and a Maxine, Maxine Grisham, similar case. So, um, yeah, man, is what it is. But um, in terms of things people do want to talk about, the Ultimate Fighter Angel. It happened. The Ultimate Fighter Episode One happened. Season thirty-one went down. I mean, look, man. In terms of first shows, it was an introduction, introductory episode of a lot of these guys. There's not a whole lot to say. Obviously, in the one fight that we saw, Roosevelt Roberts knocked it out. Nate Jennerman, Roosevelt Roberts, obviously Team Chandler, Nate Jennerman being Team McGregor. Look, man, um, it was a fine first episode. Give me your initial thoughts. Uh, nothing too crazy that happened. I mean, overall, I think it was just an all right episode, man. It was the introduction, you know, call it the pilot, call it whatever. Uh, and obviously, spoiler alert, if you didn't watch, you know, made, spoiler alert, if you didn't, if you didn't watch the first episode, the first fight ended very quickly. But, I mean, if you want, if you're a diehard and I say you keep up pretty regularly, and you might have already seen this finish, Roosevelt Roberts, who got highlight finished out of the UFC by Ignacio Bajamondes, was the first fight of the, of the season and gave us what was it like an eight second finish ten second what was it Josh something crazy and he was all over Instagram it was yeah it was eight seconds I believe so a big big one for him to come back to uh within I guess the UFC brand because he has won since then outside of the UFC he got like two wins outside of the promotion uh so definitely uh kind of getting back on track getting back where he was on uh before hopefully and he kind of uh. Kind of to talk about the episode a little bit. He kind of alluded like how he felt like he was only fighting, Dude, fighting to fight. What happened? You good? Yeah, Twitter popped up, but I had no idea I had sound on. <laughs> I'll my phone real quick to see if I missed anything. God damn it, Josh! That we got Angel. It. You know that I do this to make sure that we have up to date content. No, I know. I'm just joking around. But but kind of yeah. to get back where we were where we left off. Uh, he kind of talked about a and I, uh, I don't know if you remember Josh, but he talked about kind of. He left off his career and he was kind of just uh, fighting the fight, fighting to to make a paycheck. And now he's kind of fighting to with more meaning, more significance behind it, and really wanting to get back in. And even after his when he he hopped over the cage and told Dana, he's like, I fucked up on my last contract, and that uh, you know I'm guessing saying something along the lines of like, you know, I want to be back and I would have, you know, want to be great. And uh, definitely a big statement went early on in the season, putting everybody on notice. Uh, and if you haven't watched or if you don't don't plan on watching. Uh, the season was uh, vets and uh, prospects or newcomers, whatever you want to call it. And uh, for the for some reason decided to just split them in their own groups. One thirty five uh prospects all for one fighter, rather than kind of each fighter kind of doing a draft and getting a you know some prospects, some newcomers, you know. Which I kind of thought that was an L because uh, I felt like that could have gave the the whole season a better dynamic rather than just being a uh, prospects and newcomers. Uh, I don't know how you felt about that. What were, what were your thoughts on that, Josh? That, that was kind of a I mean, big I, disappointment for me. I mean, honestly, I'm I'm really happy with the idea that they decided to go with um, obviously prospects versus vets. I got to be honest, dude. I think that that actually draws that draws me in more than seeing entirely young guys. Not to say that I don't like seeing the young guys out there, you know. Um, but, but what I'm saying is, but, would you, don't yeah. you think it would have been better if they would have integrated 
just both groups. Like they would have done some kind of like hit draft style. No, and, I know, think it, I, no, I should disagree. I think it's more interesting for the current format than it is. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's I think it's far more interesting to have like for example because you had a guy on there and you know like for example like and I you've been you've seen a couple seasons of the Ultimate Fighter. Do you kind of like even if you don't think they're gonna win, do you like pick out a guy where you're like I'm gonna that's my guy right there, you know? <laughs> There's always a guy you mess with. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, like, but let, let me let me let me give you my my. Kurt Hollibaugh is my guy. You know what <laughs> I mean? And this is why I think this is why that format works, right? And this is why I disagree with you, because Kurt Hollibaugh they 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 highlight guys in certain episodes, and he actually got a bit of a got a bit of a, a close up. You know, he talked a lot in the first episode. You don't know Kurt Hollibaugh, I don't blame you, but he was a guy who, dude, like this guy fought in Strike Force, dog. Like he fought in the UFC a decade ago. He's had two UFC runs, and then he got cut back in, like, 2013. He came in in 2018, lost three fights in a row, got cut again. He won a couple regional fights, and you see him talking there, and he's talking like, dude, like, I've come I've come this far. I've not come this far just to lose to a couple of these prospects. I finished them all in the first round. Fuck it. You know, like, just, like, he's got that old vet mentality that, like, seeing that, and then you, you see him talking to Roosevelt Roberts, too, who's, like, another guy who's been here, done that, another veteran, and they're talking, like, it's cool to see that they have that in common. I don't think mm-hmm. if you would have blended the teams, you would have had the same. Or, or not even just that, but I wish that each group would have got one and one. You know what I mean? Just because maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. I, I just would have liked the variety. I would have think it would have been cool to mix it because I would have liked the dynamic of of having these vets also kind of giving advice to these guys who are young, and maybe capturing some of the, those moments. You know what I mean? On top of that, because look, the established guys know how to fight. Most of them are probably going to have a more rounded game than the young guys for the most part. But granted, they're prospects, so, you know, there's something to them. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, that was just kind of my personal thoughts on it. I, I'm sure maybe some people agree with me, some people disagree with me. Some people probably just don't even give a fuck. They just want to see these guys fight. You know what I mean? I bet you if they did it, I bet you say, if, they, if you told them this is just a group of guys and you didn't tell them who was prospects and who was vets, they wouldn't even fucking know the difference until they saw the records. That is true. And there are a couple of guys, like the first episode, I believe, uh, was Dave Jennerman, right? That is his name. Jennerman, just want to make sure I have saying correctly, but... Um, like that. Yeah, something Dave, like that. And I believe Dave, he's older Dave than Nate. Yeah, he's older than Roosevelt Roberts, I believe. <laughs> I, I looked it up. Nate. Nate Dinnerman. Nate Dinnerman. Yeah, and he's and he's he was the prospect in that fight. So, um, you know, I kind of see your point. I also think that because of, you know, the formatting of prospect versus veteran, like, for, like you're getting to get some weird fights, like, whenever Nate's the prospect and he's, like, the older guy, so, um, because a lot of these UFC vets guys are still young. They they were just guys that got cut early, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know what my favorite part of the show was, though? How instantly you could tell who's, Con- who's Connor guys were, the guys he made space for, you know? Oh, my God, you know, dude, he was dapping them up. <laughs> He's like, what's up, my guy? Uh, but shout out to, oh my god, what's his name? He he resides in Canada, but trains out of SVG. We talked about him earlier, Josh. Uh, the the one who the one who won tough. Yeah, yeah. Well, um... Oh man, and he doesn't even have, he has a name that I wouldn't associate with him. For one, Brad Katona. Brad Katona. Yeah, yeah he. Uh, yeah, I, I liked what he said. He's like, you know, I'm I'm on Chandler's team. Uh, you know, my just anywhere. I'm not. This team or that team, I'm here for myself. I'm here for Brad Katana. I was like, I fuck with that. So, and granted, that's that's how it should be, right? <laughs> you know, then you're fighting for yourself. You're not fighting for your team. Yeah, and you're gonna end up fighting your own teammate anyways on the fucking show. Uh, 
which that's always fucking that's that's sad and ha- it's very sad, man. Especially if they're two guys who get along. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by the way, you mentioned uh, the whole thing about Connor kicking guys off the show. What do you think about that? I do not think that was a, a big deal, honestly. Man, I it's it's look, it's fucked up. It, it, this could happen to anybody. It's gonna happen in any field, bro. If you know people, you, you doors can open for you, and that's that's simply what this was. Yeah, and I don't really feel bad about it either because the guys that got cut, quote unquote, cut from the list of my fire, they're going to be used either on the contender. Series, spoiler alert: they're going to be used on the contender series, or they're going to be used on day am I looking for a fight. That's yeah, already happened. So yeah, yeah, they're, they're getting their chance still. Yeah, they'll get their call up. They'll get Connor their call just backed up. his boys, and I got to be honest, with you, in his spot, I do the same. So yeah, so they'll yeah, get their call up hopefully. And plus, that we already saw like there was like a kind of a a teaser. There's this injury later in the season, so someone might actually get a return. So there you go. So. so you, so, you know, those guys already have a, you know, the, the one important thing is, dude, if the UFC had your eye on you at one point, trust me, they'll probably reach out at some point if they need you on short notice or something. For the most part, not everybody. Uh, what was the one guy on Tough who made it to the night? Skeletor? Like, he never got, like, a call up or return anything. <laughs> I thought he was going to come back. There's some guys that, like, I don't, they must have just be assholes behind the scene or something because the UFC, to their credit, uh, they generally give those guys on top, even if they lose one fight, even if they lose like two fights in the house, they'll find a way to like maybe get you on the contender. Like Michael Gilmore, for example, he was a guy that lost twice in the house, I think, and got two fights in the UFC just because like he was a he was a nice guy. He took fights on short notice, but there are some dudes that just don't get another chance on top. I don't get it. But, and by the way, when I, when I was referring to Skeletor, I wasn't referring to Reese McGee Skeletor. I was referring to Joe Giannotti. No, no, I know what Joe, yeah, I know what yeah. Joe Gennetti. I've heard he's an asshole. Joe so. Is he actually? Well, fuck. I've, yeah, I've heard, I've heard from, like from multiple people, close people, that he's an, he's just a dick. So I don't know. But he was young. I will say he was young when he was in on that season of tough. And you know, I, you know, I'm not pleasant all the time anyway either. So and not not trying to shame him. And just you know, I've heard bad things. And I'm just saying, I'm just surprised he never got a you know Bellator or anything like that or call it. But it was just you know, I thought he was someone they were going to probably bring back because. Fuck, I mean, how old was he? Because he's, well, actually, I'm looking at it right now. He's not even old now, I think. He's 27. He's 27 now. Yeah. yeah. That was back in 2018, so let's see how old. Fucking do the math on that. <laughs> do the calculate. I'm not doing the math. Wait a minute, how old is he now? He's 27. He was on top, like. 2018. So he would have been 21. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm an asshole now, so there you go. I mean. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're talking about a guy who's 21 on the show, made it to the finale, right? And uh, I'm pretty sure he made it to the finale. I could be. Am I right or wrong on that? He made it to the No, finale. yeah, he made it to the finale. Mike Trezano. That right? fight also sucked, though, so that may have played a role. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that didn't help. But look, his, his career outside of that, though, has been exciting. A lot of finishes and even, like, a late-round finish in cage time and, like, fourth-round finish, some shit like that. I saw it earlier in the day when I was looking through shit. But regardless, uh, overall, I know you asked me. how. I don't know if you gave it. But how did you rate the episode as a whole? And granted, like... I saw a lot, I saw a mixture of everything, man. I saw everything from a seven and an eight to a fucking four and a three, a six. Like I yeah. saw a variety of scorecards. I mean, I think if you took a fucking average, it'd probably be like six and a half. I think. Yeah, I mean, if I had to do like a, if I had to, I mean, six on the scale of one to ten is like fair, right? Like it's slightly above average, I guess. So yeah, it's, pa- it's passing. I mean, that's literally what it is. A passing. It's passing. Right? So yeah, that's about how I feel about it. I thought Ultimate Fighter episode one. If I had to give it a quick review, yeah, like six, six and a half out of ten. I mean. It, there, was, there was not a whole lot to really see in episode one. You know what I mean? Like, Roosevelt Roberts got an eight-second knockout. That was pretty sick. You saw a little bit of the trash talk in there, you know, with Connor and Chandler. And, and uh, whenever Connor was talking to him in the training room and Chandler, Chandler, to his credit, tried to throw some bars back at him. He's like, you know, I'll do 185. I don't care. And Connor just 
instantly shut him down. It's like you'll do what you're told, you know. Like just that shit went hard, bro. That clip it did go hard. Out. I mean, that was that was a that was a The Rock like circa 1999. Like shut up, bitch. Like by the way, Connor coming to everything like dressed in a suit. This fucking guy, dude. dude. Yeah, dressed to the nines, dude. Like. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's Connor for you. That's part of the showmanship, right? You fucking even Chandler said it, man. That is that is Connor, the Connor walk, everything. But dude, I thought I was like, whenever I saw their first interaction, and whenever Connor just, cause I mean, you know, what's the Max Holloway? What's the Max Holloway saying whenever he was talking shit to Brian Ortega, which low key was the hardest shit of all time. Um, he said something like, you know, Brian Ortega. He was going off of Brian Ortega, and Brian Ortega said, you know, hey, sometimes the best response is no response. Max Holloway said, sometimes you don't have a response. <laughs> that was Michael Chandler, dog. Like, <laughs> Connor left him speechless. You know, he was like, you'll do what you're told. You know, you'll fight what weight class I say. And Chandler just sat there sitting like, yeah, he's kind of right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think, I think the big thing for everybody, and look, if you, if you weren't satisfied with this episode, looking forward though, and we already saw in the highlights, there's a lot of more trash talk. There's longer fights. We see that, we see that Connor's team doesn't get ran through because, uh, it was, I, th- I saw something, I, th- I think I saw some Reddit thread where they're like, I think Connor's room, uh, someone saying along the lines, like, I think Connor's team's gonna get ran through. But we saw that's not gonna happen because we saw, we believe at least, I don't know this for a fact, but there was some, uh, after episode, like, highlights of him getting hype and being like, you know, like, oh shit, let's go, you know, we got it, we got it. And, uh, we saw a fight in there that looked like a fucking banger, hella bloody sliced down the fucking forehead, you know, like, <laughs> we're, we're due for some big moments, some pushing, the, the, obviously the coaches challenges were, which are going to come up and kind of all those interactions. And, you know, these guys are fucking competitors at heart. So any, any competition, they're going to want to beat each other at it every moment. So mm. it, it, we're due, we're due for a good season. I mean, this is definitely be better than the last season. I honestly don't think the previous seasons were bad. I just think in a way, those two previous seasons were building up to this one in a way. So I think that's a good thing. Let's see. I don't think that their overall plan was like, Oh, we're going to get a Connor Chandler season. But what I'm saying is, We've gotten the proper build-up from the last two sub-seasons to the one we're in now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was fun seeing everybody talk about Tough again, man. I mean, as like an old-school fan, you know, I still watch Tough. I watched Tough, like Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena, whenever there was, like, seven people tweeting about it. You know what I mean? Like, okay. nobody's been watching the latest seasons. So somebody's like an old-school fan who, who watches, like, every season, it's like... I don't even know what's to compare it to. It's like seeing like a lot of people come back to like one of your favorite hobbies. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, that's that's a way to put it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, by the way, I know I know we're not this far ahead. We, we know we're not all the way out there. But hypothetically speaking, right? You know, let's say you know they kept tough going. Some of us didn't think we were gonna get another tough season after fucking Ortega Volk, but we got Juliana Pena Amanda. After this season, who would you like to see as the next tough coaches? I know this is so far out. This is so far ahead. I don't think it's that far ahead because they do it once a year. So probably next this time next year, they'll probably do another one. Um, you know what I'd love shit. to see, but a tell lot me. of things have to yeah, go perfect. Me. Let's just say hypothetically, Alex Pahel wins a two off. He beats Jan Blachowicz. Oh gets my the god! Jamal. They get and then Izzy gets the fucking call up, you know, to fight Jamal Hill in Australia. That whole fucking threat I sent you. He beats Jamal Hill in Australia. Fucking, they, they're like, fuck it, Alex Pahea, number one contender, 205, Izzy Pahea series, New Zealand, Nigerian, Australian fighters on Izzy's team versus all Brazil squad, let's go, give it to me, baby. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, dude, that's actually a really good too, idea. Too many, like too, many, too many things have to go too well, though. 
So. That is true. That is true. But uh, but I'll get I'll get people hyped up. By the way, that's a great TikTok right there. Yeah, I, I was already thinking about it in my head. Um, yeah, I mean that's a, that's not a bad idea, man. I think the thing about the ultimate fighter is is uh, I guess I'd have to just wait because right now obviously that's like that's a clear pick, but like I don't know anybody else right I now. I mean every I mean head. everything could change. I mean we could have like let's say here in a few months if Moreno who defends his title against Pantoja, our flyweight season would be awesome. I'd be down for that. Uh, and then, you know, once again, you could do like I don't know whoever they would want to pick, or but you know they could do hypothetically, right? They do Brandon Royval, Brandon Moreno, you know, all Mexican fighter season, something like that, or Mexican American versus Mexican native, you know? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I think there's some there's some cool things they could do. Um, as far as but just to kind of close out, then my thoughts on the first episode of uh, Tough Thirty One, fun man. Like, uh, did you give your rating? I know I said six. I I probably fall around there to six and a half. I think yeah, was, that's about how I feel. It, it was passable, man. Like I said, it was pilot. That's about how I feel about it, honestly. Um, anyways, man, I think it's about time we move on to some news. And uh, because we have a fair bit of it. Because I actually declined to talk about I I have to admit, I kind of I kind of fucked up. And last week, I should have taken the hit. I'll take the hit right now. Because I said, I'm not going to talk about Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence. I don't think it's going to become official. I don't think it's going to happen. Because <laughs> I saw this story too many times, and Angel was like, "Dude, we should talk about it. Like, the, it might be official this week." I'm like, "Nah, man, it's not fucking happening." And then, sure enough, it is official. It is official. Errol Spence versus Terrence Crawford going down July 29th, Showtime pay per view from Sin City, Las Vegas. Angel, give me your thoughts, man. It's finally official. Been wanting to see this fight for years. Mm-hmm. It's finally going down. God fucking bless, man. Fucking finally, they did it. Boxing did it somehow. I don't know how the fuck they did it, but they fucking did it. Uh, but the big thing is, man, for me, it's it's not that it's not a lot of time for this big of a fight. I mean, I'm assuming they've been in negotiations for a while behind closed doors. You know, contracts being said, obviously they've been doing it for fucking years. We know that already, right? But I'm saying in, in the last few months, you know what I mean? I'm I'm assuming they've been going back and forth and kind of got to something, but it was just kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it was like gentleman's agreement, you know, like, hey, we're done. We just need the paperwork filled out, all the fucking, you know, where it's going to be at and all that. But as far as that, we agree, you know, done deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh, I mean, it's, it's it, what is it, two months, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit over two months when these guys fight. Uh, the other big thing, Josh, it's, it's also the same night as Poirier Gaethje 2. So the UFC will be battling against one of the most desired fights in boxing in recent years, the most wanted one, with probably one of the most exciting fights you could put in the UFC right now. Who will prevail? <laughs> is that genuine? are you are you actually genuinely asking me like do which one do I think is going to do better? I mean you I mean I, I mean I was just, yeah. I just I just I was making the blanket statement, but if you want to oh, okay. you want to actually respond, feel free to. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, this is something I've also thought about. Um. Because, you know, I, I love the business side of fighting, you know? Like, I've, I've made that clear on this show a bit. I think I think the business side is very interesting, partially because I, I'm partially within the business side because I also do social media stuff for companies and so on and so forth. Well, I'm not going to tell you which one, you know? <laughs> you guys have got to know which posts I'm making for which which place I work for. Um, but regardless, <laughs> you know, so I do know about that side of the stuff. But I, I, uh, I think... I don't know, man. I generally think Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence, that fight's going to not do nearly as well as people think. And that's just from my own experience. My own experience of covering both those guys personally. 
And, and obviously, look, right? Like, for example, Geronte Davis and Ryan Garcia have never done anything on pay-per-view, and then they did 1.2 when they fought each other. Um, But I always felt like even then, those guys had, like, a higher, uh, you know, ceiling. But maybe I'll be wrong. I mean, Errol's pulled as much as 350000 for a pay-per-view. Bud is maxed out at 100000 so I don't know. Um, I think you see, I think that Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje match is going to do huge numbers. I really think so. Because as much as people say they hate the BMF belt, you know who loves the BMF belt and stuff like that? Casual fans. <laughs> Let them Casual know, fans love that shit. Like, people forget, UFC 244, um, there's a reason why that fight, like, with The Rock was there, Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal, they were at MSG. That was the biggest pay-per-view that year, and there wasn't even a real title on the line. You know, just because of BMF, we all kind of, as much as we all shit on, we were all like, you know what, a, a one-off? This could be fun. So I think UFC 291 will probably do fine. You know, I, yeah, think, I think... And it's stacked, too. That's the other big thing. Do you think that... uh do you think that they'll do a, a Canelo Kovalev and make them sit on the couch? I don't know. I don't know. I think you know something. I think they'll say fuck it and they'll go. I think both of them will. They're like fuck it. You know, we're both competing tonight. We're not going to sit out for someone else, and we're gonna we're just gonna we're gonna let the fans choose. You know what I mean? I think that is the the, the proper way to go about it. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, to, to be honest with you, I mean, it's, it's gonna be crazy with, to see what those numbers are because. I mean, Dustin's gained a lot of fandom, especially right now. Connor's, you know, is going to get him back into the mix. There's going to be a little chirping there, a little Connor action. Some go back and forth on Twitter. I'm sure Connor might be there to watch the fight. Uh, who knows? Maybe Connor will cuck us and go. No, there's no way Connor cucks him and goes and watches Earl and fucking Bud. Could you imagine? <laughs> Connor's just really, he's a huge boxing fan right now. He's just really into it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and look, you also have guys like Alex Pahan who's getting some attention. Paulo who has a following Wonder Boy. Derek Lewis. I mean, you got a lot. Kevin Holland. Tony, for, I mean, it's it's a card that will attract and I think will most definitely compete with the with the Bud and the Spence fight. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I'm really excited for it, man. I think it's going to be a huge fight. You know, we're going to preview in about two, I mean, less than two months now. But I do want to forget your early thoughts. Um, who are you leaning towards? I mean, it's pretty much a fifty fifty matchup if we're being completely honest. But yeah, I mean, it's a fifty fifty matchup. You know, let's just lay it out there. Uh, I've been, I've always been on the bud train, man. I'm gonna stick on to it for now. I mean, who knows here in a few months if, if I change my mind or not. I don't think I will, but you know, there's a, there's an early pick for everybody. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm leaning towards Bud. Just, just should be straight up. But he's also, you know, he, he's, you know, getting a bit up there in age. Who knows? But I mean, and then again, on Errol's side, he's taking a shit ton of damage, so it almost yeah. evens out, you know. Granted, though, I think he's getting him right. Like this is the time, though. This is the point where you either slow down or you're beginning to slow down. You know what I mean? Like there, there's, there's probably this is as late as it could be, to be honest. This is yeah. the latest they could have done it, and it, and it's good that it's happening now. Not in, in a year or two years. Like right now, it's the moment. And like I said, it, it's a little longer, and I think it would have been a little sketchy. And granted, we'll see kind of where Bud is career-wise after this fight. I think that's another thing because, like you said, he's getting a little bit up there in age. Especially at a lighter class at 35 years old, going on 36 this year. I mean, this is this is that prime, those prime years, and then kind of the point where you might be exiting not too long from now too. Mm-hmm. So, and ultimately, this, that's kind of, and also we should we should know these guys are not fun in a while either. So there's a bit of, yep. We'll see what happens. There's more unknowns going into this fight. Well, wait, how long? Out. You know, kind of. I don't want to end the conversation today. Just yet, yeah, but how long has it been? How long has it been since Earl fought? I know it's actually quite a bit. Uh, a year. Over a year. 
Yeah. He fought early May last year. Terrence has not fought since December. So he it's not been that long. But even then, he fought David Avison, who which that was basically just a, hey, man. a squash match, basically, in his home state. I, I will say, man, though, but there's nothing like being proactive, being in fight camp, getting better, though. You know what I mean? Even if you're still going to fuck up a guy, he's still in that mindset of, like, you never know what a guy can present and people will, you know, that guy could show up on that night and, you know, give us a surprise. Yeah, true, true. Um, you know, I do generally think this is a this is a super exciting fight, like 50-50. It's so rare that we get 50-50 matchups. Even, like, Ryan Garcia and Javante Davis. I mean, as big as fans we are of Ryan, I remember thinking going in, like, he could do some things, but yeah, I right. expected Javante to win, like, like 90% of the way. I would have been very fucking shocked if, if Ryan pulled it off. Uh, this fight, you know, like I said, I am leaning towards both. Whenever I say leaning, I mean, if Ariel Spence goes out there and just annihilates him, I would not be surprised. Like, I think anything can happen when you get two guys like this. I saw I saw Shakur Stevenson put it really well. He was like, you know, um, I saw he, he did an interview with, I don't know who, but like, you know, and he, he phrased it really well, which I don't like Shakur a whole lot, so I have to give him props for this one, though. He said, like, these two are thoroughbreds. They want to fucking, they, they want to fight, you know, like above all else, not above all, like above boxing, above belts, above money. These are two dudes who love to fight. This fight's not going the distance. There's not going to be a robbery here. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, just yep. somebody's going down. It, it, no matter what, it'll be, a, it'll be a conclusive result. That's about how I feel. Yeah. That's actually the best way to put it. It will be a decisive result. It will be clear who won that fight. There will be no but ifs or wins or who's or what's. We only do absolutes, and that's what we'll get on that night. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it, man. Uh, I'm very excited for it, but we should move on because I don't want to preview it too much because, like I said, that fight's going down in less than two months. I love that it seems like big boxing matches lately. They're announcing it, and then, boom, the fight happens. You know what I mean? I love that shit. Um, but, you know, that being said, uh, we do got to talk about it. We have some disappointing news, ladies and gentlemen. Disappointing news. In fact, the worst news I've gotten, um, the worst thing that's happened since I woke up this morning. You know? oh, John, uh, <laughs> Jesus, John. Look, I'm not going to say what I said exactly before we got on air, but I'll put it like this, guys. This was as heartbreaking as I found out when Jared Fogle did the worst possible thing a human being, let alone, <laughs> especially, and not even especially, Jesus. any adult could do. Anything, you know, one of the worst things. You think, you think, okay, okay. Something a human being can't come from back, come back this from. This is the... It's it's the two worst times Angel's been ever disappointed in his entire life is the subway guy turning out to be a pedophile and then Razor Rob Wilkinson testing positive for steroids this morning. It wasn't this morning. I think it was like two, I think it was like a day or two ago. Doesn't now. matter. It's, it, those are the worst two moments of your entire life. Well, dude, and how could I ever forget October two thousand eight, January? It almost came. Wait, wait, what was it in two thousand eight? That was like October third, and then I jumped to January. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I get it. Um, I'm gonna give a random day. Oh <laughs> shit, that happened. Angel, but my it was it was January seventh, two thousand and seven. I had just sat down to start playing Halo three. You know, I just I'll do you one better. February sixteenth, two thousand one, the day I was born. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go some shit like. January sixth, twenty twenty one. They got they arrested me up at the Capitol. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely did not happen. Angel, I was doing it for the freedom. I was doing. I was. A, I'm a patriot, Angel. <laughs> Josh said I was. I was doing up it there with Jake Shields and <laughs> Jesus, fucking dude. all of them, man. 
you know, there actually, I, I, there were two MMA fighters that were up there on, on Jan 6. It was a guy who I don't know who had, like, a couple of AMI fights. And then, uh, do you know the other guy that was up there? Is someone we know? Dude, I, I'm surprised that he didn't ever get media attention. Granted, it's MMA, but still, I thought it was... Could you, you kind of point me in the direction? Like, I actually want to get They are a UFC Hall of Famer, former champion, and they were on there on Jan 6. What? Out there with the Patriots. Up there what, with the Patriots, you know? What weight class? Uh, welterweight and middleweight. Welterweight and middleweight. Was this their boy Matt Hughes? No, no, no. Although, I'm, I'm sure Matt wishes he could have been there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt did compete at, at middleweight, so I, I don't know. It was Yeah, well, it was Pat Militich, dude. <laughs> Pat Militich is there? Dude, Pat Militich, on J- he was out there on Jan 6, <laughs> up there riding with all with, with the other. Apparently, he, he did, uh, he was fired from ESPN afterwards, but it was must have been low-key, because I don't remember, I barely remember this happening, you know? But you see, didn't ha- even know. It had to have been, it had to have been, because I never heard about it. I mean, it's been, what, fucking, how many, two years now since that it's been It's been two and a half years since. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh about it. I shouldn't laugh about it, because there were, like, five people that died, and that was terrible. But just the mention of the gravy seals up there every single time, it always does crack me up. But, you know, I think we should... (laughs) Did you you crack up at gravy seals? No, I I was just like, the Croatian sensation was at the fucking capital that day. (laughs) The Croatian sensation. Uh, Anyways, but yeah, I mean, back to the the original news. Razor Rob Wilkinson, who we've hyped up on this show... For like a long time, for the last, ever since his, his PFL debut back last year, we've been hyping him up. He just beat Tiago Santos, and then he tested positive, and he's now been replaced by Ty Flores. He's out of the out of the tournament. You know, God damn it! I should say, I you know, I could act like I'm surprised, but I'd be lying to y'all because I looked at him and I was like, damn, but I'm not gonna admit it to myself. You know what I mean? Angel, I think that you are. You're part of Big Pharma right now. You know, <laughs> Big I, Pharma is trying to take out, but, take down Rob Wilkinson. But Josh, you know, you, you know what's even funnier though? That Diana Santos also tested positive, who was his fucking opponent. So, <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? You know what I mean? <laughs> By the way, that hasn't been taken off his record yet. At least what I can see on Tapology. But I guess since they were both thirty, why even get rid of it, right? Yeah. Why the fuck would you? Uh, they also had our guy, Christoph Jocker, Christoph Jocker, right? It was another one? Yeah. Fucking lost his fight, so <laughs> clearly didn't fucking help him. Yeah, dude, Christoph Jocker. Dude, shout out USADA, who apparently have just been sitting on their asses. I don't, like, this is, this is why I don't care about the whole, with, with dude, this is why I don't care about the Connor thing. This is why I don't care about the Connor, like, skipping USADA thing. Like, USADA never catches fucking anybody. Like, Christoph Jocko was just in the UFC. <laughs> no, but what, what I'm getting at is, was this USADA or was this the State Athletic Commission that caught him? This was the State Athletic Commission that caught all these guys. PFL doesn't have USADA. That's what I was asking. That was, that was, that was, yeah, 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 yeah. So this was this was just Nevada. Yeah, shout, out, shout out Nevada, bro. Like, honestly? I mean, I... Here's the thing is I don't I don't get how they did it because dude like these drug tests, like state state drug tests are different from USADA. Anybody that's listening to this, you don't know USADA tests you randomly. They'll show up at your house at 3 a.m. Nevada, they'll tell you, hey, 
7 a.m. on fight week on Tuesday, you have a drug test. <laughs> so you get all the time in the world to do whatever the fuck you need to do. And then post-fight, they'll test you, too. Like, right after you get done, they'll bring you on into the back. How do these people keep on... I wonder how they caught them, though. Like, you gotta think about that. Like, they had... One, they already had to have their eye on them somehow. They were like, hey, we need to do something. And then, like... Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, there's... Like, either these guys terribly fucked up on whatever the fuck they were doing, or the State Athletic Commission did a really good job and actually, like, figured out, like, hey, these guys need to be on top of that shit. Yeah, I mean, from my own experiences with Athletic Commissions, it's probably the fact just they probably lucked into this situation. Because we're, we're talking about we, – we're just talking about – actually, but, I only think – But, Josh, the, the thing is, though – Oh, it wasn't that. Call, okay, never mind, never mind. But the thing is, though, Josh, it's the fact that they call multiple at the same time, though. You oh, no, 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 I know. I know. So I just – It'd be different if they got one. Did they, and, like, did they not know they were being drug tested? Like, what the fuck? That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm giving them the fucking kudos. Like, they did something right. I don't know what the fuck it was. Like, <laughs> I really wish we had more insider information on this, like, exactly how it all went down. If they had, like... If, for the record, I've asked around. I haven't heard anything. If they like, had I've suspicions? tried to get to the bottom of this. I've asked some of, like, the people that I know that have, like, are more are more connected than I am, and they don't know either. I don't know. Hopefully we get some news, someone. I wish we could talk to someone. I wonder if we could actually like reach out to the Nevada State Athletic Commission anyway and like talk to them. Or talk I, mean, to I think I think I think you should use your connections as a, as a member of the course that's on a podcast. And... No, I mean I can go ahead and I can email them. I mean they all all that stuff is public information. So, but that's the thing is, it's a question. If it's just a question if they'll get back to me. Well, true. But, hey, yeah. no harm, no harm in trying, right? Yeah. But anyways, man. Um, yeah. Shout out Rob Wilkinson, dude. God damn. I mean I can't lie. I'm I'm on the same page as you. Like I'm, I'm you know I, I talk about it a couple times. I, I I've mentioned it. I've made jokes before. I don't know if I've ever said it. I'm absolutely on the spectrum. In case it's clear, if you've never heard me speak, it's just, just I'm 100% on the spectrum, guys. It's just, just, just Odd, oddly relatable. Oddly relatable. You know what's funny is I only found out like a couple months ago. So finding out I was on the spectrum at like 21 was was big news because it was big news to me and nobody else. But. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I but dude, I, back to my original I, point, I'm on the spectrum angel, but I'm not, I'm not stupid. I did not I'm think the, that Robin is the same point. I'm on the, uh, I'm on the same, I'm on the same wavelength, dude. I am also <laughs> a little special, you know, sometimes I, uh, <laughs> I have a little bit of trouble, you know, I do certain things like, you know, something, can I tell you the quick story? I don't, I know we don't like, it is literally like just like nah, some random. We got, we're almost at the end of the show anyway. But, uh, dude, I was at work one day and we have a fucking vending machine at work. Keep in mind, I never drink pop, so I never really think about it. And my coworker asked me, she's like, hey, can you give me Diet Coke? And I was like, yeah, sure thing. And uh and in my head, I was like, oh, fucking, I don't even know. Why. For some reason, I thought she told me to go to Quick Trip or I thought she would get them from Quick Trip. Or she said bottle too and not can because it's cans in the vending machine. And my mind thought, oh, maybe she wants it for fucking Quick Trip. So I fucking, and I was keep in mind, I'm already leaving work. I clocked out. So I went yeah. to fucking Quick Trip with the money she gave me, which was like two bucks. And it was a dollar short of the money I needed to get her two cans of the big, because they were, they were slightly bigger than the regular cans, like Quick Trip. And I brought them, and I, I bring them back, and I give them to my supervisor, essentially, or not the supervisor, but the person who relieved me. And, uh, and I'm like, here, can you give this to so and so? And she's like, why didn't you just use the vending machine here? And I was like, you know, I never thought about that. <laughs> That's a great response. <laughs> I didn't think about it. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny. I was, I was like, damn, she even shorted me like a dollar. I didn't have enough. I had to throw in a buck of my own to fucking pay for it, you know? We're the greatest combat sports podcast. We've been sitting here. Everybody talks about combat and they talk about fighting. But do they talk about those times where they're on the spectrum? 
You know, it's just, it's, hey man, I just talk about the times where they're straight up autistic. Hey man, I'm, I'm just, I just want to share my story, man. Just try to share my story, give my case, you know what I mean? I hear you, I hear you, man. Um, I, uh, I think that, uh, anyways, uh, you know, <laughs> this really took a turn. But my original point that I was going to say with this is like, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on the spectrum, you know, like 100%. Uh, but that being said, I'm not stupid. And there's By the a way, big difference between when the you two. said I that, yeah. I got like major Alex Jones vibes. <laughs> I, well, I can't repeat what, what Alex said, but <laughs> you know, I will, Josh. I'm not scared. <laughs> if, if you do, it just, you know, you'll have the timestamp so I can bleep it out, but, uh, it's just, <laughs> will I actually? No, no, don't actually do it, please. Um, it's just, I don't want to think Josh, fuck you. I'm no, actually, don't do it. No, 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 no. <laughs> you think I'm going to use that word? I'm going to use a different game. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but anyways, man, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, but I was just gonna say, yeah, like, I'm, I'm on, I'm on the spectrum, dude, but I'm not fucking, I'm not fucking stupid. I don't think Rob Wilkinson magically put on, like, 30 pounds of muscle in the year that he was gone from. <laughs> He's gone for more than a year, come on, dude. Been dude oh, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, still, like, I don't think he put on 30 and he was shredded out of his fucking tree, dude. Like, he's peeled out he, of his fucking tree. Uh, okay. Actually, let me, let me look. I'm actually curious, because he, he had been gone for a while. He had done other competitions, uh, before getting into the PFL, so. He got cut in 2018, didn't compete until 2019, and didn't join the PFL until 2022. So there was a fair bit of time, Josh. All right. Well, I mean, he I mean, he still looked like a completely different human being. If we're talking, he looked like fucking... Don't get me wrong. He still could have looked massive without doing what he did. But damn, did he look a little extra juicy. <laughs> Angel, you know the, you know, like, there's, like, a picture I put up on, like, my, my Instagram. It's a picture of me standing next to a wax figure of John Cena, and John, and John Cena looks, like, massive compared to me. That's what Rob Wilkinson, <laughs> that's, that's Rob Wilkinson. You put side by him, him in the UFC versus him in PFL. Granted, granted, though, Rob, granted, though, Rob was a 185er cutting, and now he's a 205er who, uh, cuts much less, or is, uh, you know, his big ass is cut. Oh, weighs way more. Or, yeah, or who weighs much, more now, and he's cutting weight to make 205. Fair enough. Yeah, um, like, like he might have been floating in the 200-pound range, you know, you know, a little extra here. Regardless, I knew that he was on substances the whole time is my original point. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we're not. That, that, that is the point. We're just there. joking. We, like, we, we've... We we've been we've been big Razor Rob fans because of his drug use. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> it, dude. It, this is all bullshit. Razor Rob is absolutely daddy, dude. Just wait till more plates, more dates. Talks. <laughs> dude, Razor Rob, his testosterone was so high. He they was so high, and that's why he tested positive. But they must have caught him on a light day because <laughs> you know that he's the alpha male of our species. <laughs> Razor Rob. <laughs> dude, we just power- start going the other direction. We're just like doing PR for him at this point. <laughs> You know, we're, we're the check came in halfway through the show, so we had to start changing our tune, you know? Goodness sake, man. Anyway, anyways, I mean... uh Next topic. <laughs> next topic. Bellator versus Rise, and it's going down. Bellator, uh, this card going down in late July, I believe. Sayatama Super Arena, five Bellator fighters versus five Ryzen fighters, same as last year. And uh, last year, if you remember correctly, Bellator did a clean fucking sweep. <laughs> this year, they will attempt to do the same. 
What do you think about this, man? What do you think about this news? Obviously, they announced that Koichi Horiguchi will be fighting for the vacant belt or flyweight title on this card, as well as AJ McKee versus Patricky Pitbull. Is, is, is vacant really the problem? It's really inaugural, right? Like, I guess it's vacant because obviously no one told you, but it's the inaugural, you know, flyweight championship for the fucking belter promotion. I guess that's probably the better way to put it. Mm-hmm. Regardless, though, we have, what, three fights announced so far? Uh, Agent McKee, Patricky Bitbull, Kyoji Horiguchi versus Makoto Shinryu. Young fighter, 16-1-1. Crazy fucking tapology picture if you haven't looked at it. Just fucking screaming with the green hair. He's a bad he's, motherfucker, too. I think he's won, like, six fights in a row, I want to say. Yeah. Caught on Watanabe. Veda, Veda Ortega also on the card so far. More to be announced soon. Fuck, man. I mean, I'm excited, man. Honestly, like, I, I watched the last... I tried my best, actually, I should say. There's a lot of failed attempts to watch the Bellator Ryzen event live. <laughs> I did eventually get it after spending some extra money. I'm not going to get into all that. Uh, I got to wait for it a little bit. <clears throat> We're like... We're, what, two months away or whatever, or a month away or whatever at this point? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Regardless, I'm excited, man. Another event in Japan. There's just something about it. Them fighting in Japan, being in the ring, then it's it's so fucking fun, dude. Honestly, I, I honestly love the. And on top of that, are they going to be fighting under the Ryzen rules? Yes, same as last year. So AJ will be competing against Patricky within the Ryzen rules, even though they're competing for the Bellator title. Yeah, that's cool. I respect that. Yeah, man. I think it's pretty. I think that this is a fun. I'm glad this is happening. I'm really happy that they did not just make it a one-off. Um. So yeah, I mean, not so many, admittedly, not so many thoughts on this one. I think it's going to be fun. I'm very excited for it. Um, but I do think that, uh, I think this is probably going to be, and no offense to Ryzen, but I just think their talent roster has always, like, they've, like, completely, I mean, we talk about, like, the, the stat rankings of MMA. Like, if you're ranking promotions, obviously, UFC is number one. For years, it was Bellator number two. I'm starting to think PFL or one has entered in that category, you know. Ryzen at one point was arguably two or three, and now it's like, I feel like I never hear about Ryzen anymore if it's not like one of these really massive shows, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Granted, it's Jap- it's it's Japanese MMA, but I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> Come know. on, Josh. They've never done anything dirty in the sport. <laughs> Anyways, man, yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm having Bellator Ryzen do more co-promotion. Um, this is going to be an interesting conversation. This is the next, next subject. Can you preface it, though, like so people understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course, of course. And by the way, if we do make a clip out of this, please add that to us if people aren't dumb. That's what I'm, that's what I'm planning on doing. Um, so Sean Strickland has a podcast. Now. He has a podcast alongside fellow uh, friend and middleweight Chris Curtis. They have their podcast. On their first episode, they talked about could Brandon Moreno beat up an NFL linebacker in a fight? Angel, first take. Could Brandon Moreno, UC flyweight champion, 125 pounds, about five, you know, five foot five. Do you think he could do it? Yes. Straight that up, is, yes. <laughs> yes. Now, now, let me let me say this. This doesn't mean, this does not mean there wouldn't be some issues during the exchange. I think when people think this, they expect fucking, they're thinking fucking Brandon's going to go out there and fucking one punch this guy and get him out of there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think that in the exchange, Brandon should be an NFL linebacker. That doesn't mean it will come without trouble. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I fall somewhere in the middle on it, I think. Um, here's the reality, right? If you're somebody that's like, you know, 
Like, for example, we saw that you did you see the Bradley Martin, Devin Haney talk? Yes. So Bradley Martin, who's this big, you, I don't even know, he's, he's even like a bodybuilder or anything, or is he just a big YouTuber? Uh, he's just he's a big, big guy that's a YouTuber. He's just a fitness guy who at one point, I think, during his life, died about doing bodybuilding, but regardless, his whole thing is fitness. Like, he runs a fitness channel, he owns a gym, like, that's his whole thing. Okay, so this dumbass said that he beat up Devin Haney in a fight, and it's just, okay, he didn't really say that, but he said in a street fight. Yes, okay, like, let, let's, you know, I don't want... And to be fair, I think that's more agreeable than an NFL linebacker beating up Brandon Moreno. I think that's more agreeable. Just because, you know, Brandon actually has grappling experience. If Brandon gets his, gets his hands on a hold of an NFL linebacker, it's GG. You know, and here's the thing that a lot of people also don't think about. Like, dude, like, size is huge in a fight, 100%, dude. Like, Brandon Moreno is like five... 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, probably 140, 145 out of camp. But, like, the guy knows how to grapple. He knows how to punch. Like, most people don't even know how to, like, most people don't even know how to throw a good fucking punch. You know what I mean? What is, even, you, that's not even the other thing. Moving. You'd be moving around. It's gonna, yeah. It sounds very It sounds very funny, and it sounds very dumb. But, dude, the fact that he'd be able to – and I think it's something that even Devin said. He's like, dude, I just – just, you know, like, it's just because I'd be able to move, I'd be able to get to there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and cardio, too. I mean, that's another big part of it. Like, if you've never fought before or if you've never tried to actively, like, just do me a favor. Like, just you listen to this right now. You go and you, you've never done it before. Go to just guy, go sign up. You don't have to sign up for, like, a fuck. You don't get to go to the school of hard knocks. Just go no, sign Josh. up for a fucking simple boxing, fitness boxing class, dude. No, not, not, even, not even that, Josh. Go shadow box. Shadow box, yeah. Like, actually shadow box. Like, actually try to actively shadow box. <laughs> You'll be surprised. So, you know how, but you know how, like, we know that, like, um, I mean, like, look, obviously, you can't, you know, even if I fight Brandon Moreno a thousand times, I'm probably going to luck into something at some point. You know what I'm saying? But you know how we know that, like, on average, an MMA fighter would be able, even if they're smaller, they'd be able to beat up a football player? We've already seen it happen, you know? <laughs> Roger Huerta, who is 5'9", fought at 155 for his entire career, never fought for never fought for a title, but is an OG of the game. you got to show respect. Uh, he had a street fight with Rashad Balbino, who was a linebacker for the University of Texas in, uh, in, the, in the mid-2000s, and that's whenever Texas was actually a good football team. So the guy was really, really talented, much bigger, got knocked the fuck out in a street fight because apparently he assaulted a girl, and Roger Huerta was just like... Eh, I don't like that. So he went and just ended him. You know. Also, also <laughs> another example, Josh, the football players, the college football players, who got into a fight with the two guys who who were literally in fucking cowboy boots. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where football players got this idea that <laughs> they'll, they'll be able to just you know win a fight against professional fighters, but it's not going to happen. You now, know? like another example was uh, what's his name? Who was gra- the Mountain when he was grappling? Uh, was it Gordon Ryan or Gordon Ryan was grappling with some big guy? Or, or no, it was Dustin. It was Dustin with uh, one of the strong men. I can't remember who. Granted, there's no punching or nothing, but you saw the control though. Yeah, this is the big thing. Like I was like, once punches get thrown, obviously things are going to change. But at the same time, what if once once Dustin throw punches too? How much does that change? Exactly, exactly. So I don't even think it's a question. I think Brandon Moreno probably beats the NFL linebacker probably eight times out of ten, nine times out of ten. Like I, I encourage people. Like I said, Roger Wertham. We'll look at the video. Five nine. 155 fights a fights a you know D1 Texas linebacker who you know 
This well, would have been like 2009, so the dude would have just gotten out of college, maybe even been on like who, an NFL practice squad, something who, who, like that. Who's our homeboy? Who did who did boxing? Uh, huh? The football player, the one who fought at Chato Chisinka. The one who fought uh, in boxing, Chad. The one who fought Chad. Yeah, Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson. Yeah. Who was the other guy? The other NFL player. Oh, uh, Le'Veon Bell. Dude, Le'Veon Bell boxed fucking Uriah Hall. Granted, he boxed. Imagine if Uriah Hall could have taken him down or thrown a fucking kick. Le'Veon Bell would have died. That, they're, that's obviously different though, because they're obviously the same size. No, and that, that was and that was the other thing. Yeah. They were the same size, but still though, it's still, you know, I know this, this conversation always. There's always some sort of conversation about shit like this, but even then, I, dude, if Uriah Hall fought in the biggest NFL, give, I pick Uriah Hall every day of the week. Here's the bigger question, Angel. Do you think that if you and me try to fight a linebacker, you think we'd win? Two v one. I mean, how you know, like, what are we talking like, just a street fight? We're talking. To sh- we're talking. This guy just, just. I don't know. We're at a bar, and he just got real angry at us, Angel. We're gonna have to fight a guy that's six foot, two fifty, two fifty. Maybe he's playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, we're about Dude, to fight I, an I, NFL I, linebacker. Do you think two v one? Look, uh, this is look. If we're not fucking idiots, let me say this. If you're not a fucking idiot, you should be able to beat most people in a two v one. If they have no combat sports experience. Yes. That's true. I think we should do it. Now, I will also add that I think Brandon Moreno fucks us both up 2v1. Oh, well, dude, but we said this. If one of us gets knocked out, the other guy's fucked. I don't even think, but here's the thing, I don't even think we'd be able to touch Brandon Moreno. No, he's too fucking quick. I don't think we'd be able to get close enough to take him down. I think, this isn't a joke, I think, you know, in a 2v1 strategy, like, Angel, let's say, hypothetically, we're flipping it a little. It's you and me, we're fighting Brandon Moreno. I think the best strategy is for us to literally just run at him and try and get our hands on Like, like some fight circus shit, dude. Literally I mean, stuff. literally, just, dude, sprint at him. I'll run from one corner, you run at the other. Just dude, jump just, on him and see. Tuck that chin, bro, and just charge forward. Exactly. That's, that's the only way you'll ever beat him. But, uh, yeah, I think Brandon, I think Brandon Moreno would fuck us up. I think Brandon Moreno would fuck up an NFL linebacker. I it's think all good. It's, it's all good, Josh, because once we see red, it's over. <laughs> Dude, yeah, here's the thing. I think Brandon Moreno doesn't know me. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> He's never fought a, never fought a real gangster. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Angel, we're, we're going to talk about it in a bit. We're going to talk about it in a bit. Actually, we're talking about it, we're actually talking about it right next. So did you see, because I saw this all over Twitter, did you see our friend of the show, Ben the Bane Davis, his grappling match against Brad, uh, the, the owner of CFSC? Yes, I did. I did see the night of. He tapped him out in about 17 seconds. Yes, but fucking what belt is Ben Davis? <laughs> I think he's a white belt. Exactly. What belt? So, is but here's, here's the thing, Angel. I saw. I said that like we should do, and I I said we should uh, do an idea that uh, the owner of CFFC just keeps on fighting MMA media members, just like every event. Just have him go out there and <laughs> fight one random guy, just to see like what happens. See how long it takes for somebody to just get competitive with him. I think it'd be funny. Isn't the guy and actually a black belt though? He's a he's a brown belt. And uh, Ben basically, said the night before we fought it. He said, Ben told me this the night before we thought this would be a good idea, a good start to beat the Prez and be the Prez, and Brad's job is on the line each match. I think that's a brilliant idea. And you know what, Angel? I might be a white belt, but I got a blue belt from Gracie University, and it won't <laughs> matter when I step on the mats with the CFFC president. I, I either tap out or I black out, bitch. <laughs> Josh said, <laughs> make it, you know what I'm saying? No, jokes aside, Angel. 
No, I mean, it'd be fun. I mean, sure. Eventually, there'd be one guy who'd be able to do something or make it competitive, you know, hyper-competitive. I would hope so. You know, I mean, there has to be someone else there. Who, or there has like, to be so there has to be one media member who's proactively in combat somehow. You know what I mean? Or yeah. Some, I but imagine. I mean, are they are they brown belt? Are they going to be good enough to beat this guy? I don't know. That's that's the fun part. I think it's should... all good, Josh. I trade under Caesar Gracie, Stockton, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Angel, we know you've been hitting the mats. Hey, you know what, Angel? Personally, actually, here's the thing, Angel. I think they should do this beat the pre beat beat the prez be the prez matchup. I think they should do that as a series. I can't do it though. I got a bad back and neck, so I think you're gonna have to step in for me and just be <laughs> and handle this. Dude, I've talked a lot of shit, so you're gonna have to back it up. And I think that's the that's the way to go on this one. Dude, he's a motherfucker though. Dude. He went for the leg. Like <laughs> when I saw that, dude, I saw everybody was was so angry about that. I was like, this son of a bitch really. Did. I'm not gonna lie to you. I wasn't mad or anything. He didn't upset me. But you still but felt I'm, the type of way about it. I did. I really did. I'm like, there's no way. This literally ended up in this position, and you're really going for this, right? But hey, man, I mean, it's hey, man, fair game, right? Like you, you do what you got to do. But the fucking straight ankle lock, I'm like, you motherfucker, you fucking motherfucker, I can't. Oh, he's a black belt. Right. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was right. He was a black belt. Yeah, it's literally. It's like if you, it's like if you threw me in there, bro. There was no difference. Yeah, right. I mean. I think I think it's a funny concept. I'm glad that it happened. Shout up, shout up, friend of the show. Ben the Bane Davis. He'll be back. The rematch that he almost had him out of there. So uh, <laughs> it's all good, dude. They, they, you know, they were they were under the wrong rule set. He, you know, he wasn't allowed to fucking you know do that. Like, you know, if this was IBJJF. It'd be completely different. You know, it's just they, they fucked him over. It's all good. Be, I mean, I've honestly, I mean, jokes aside, I've always thought that that should be like. I think like there. I, I'm really happy that he did it, and I hope it becomes a series. So I've always thought like. Why hasn't, like, because a lot of these, even guys that own MMA promotions, even though, like, smaller, low-key ones, most of those guys have trained themselves. Like, I think it'd be really funny if they just had something like this, you know. I've always thought that'd be, like, a really funny idea, so I hope it comes to fruition. Yes, um, that would be fun. Mostly so I can go out there and, you know, tap out Pratt real quick, head home with a pocket full of cash, you know what I'm saying? You um, yeah, I, I, I die. Um, literally, maybe with my neck and everything. So, <laughs> but uh, anyways, man, I mean, that's my final thoughts on the, that. Any closing thoughts? Anything you else want to talk about before we go and close out, man? No, man, I think we did the best, obviously, with no uh, UFC last week. Nothing to recap, sadly. But next week, PFL, UFC recap, one fight night, uh, UFC 289 pay-per-view, and Teofimo, was it Josh Taylor? Yeah, correct. So, big week of combat, kind of be coming back with a massive bang. Uh, definitely excited for that. You know, you can say what you want about the pay-per-view, man, but it's a pay-per-view, and, you know, there's still some pretty big names on that and potential title implications for some people and a title on the line. So, nevertheless, Josh, I'll let you hit him with the outro. Yeah, of course. And speaking of that outro, if you if you want to hear it again next week, you should hit that subscribe button, hit the like button. Uh, over 1,000 subscribers now. Obviously, a huge thank you to everybody who helped us get there. Um we appreciate all the support, not only on the podcast, but on the clips and also on uh, Cool Fighter of the Week, which is a series that I started a couple of weeks back. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. I'm at Josh Emanoff on Twitter. He's at Angel Ortega underscore 01. I quartite sound for all things relating to the show. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace and buggeries. Mouse click. <laughs>